Welcome to the Relationships Matter podcast. I'm your host, Dan Doster. Are you considering a career change? Don't go it alone. Come, join the discussion, and listen as my mid-career guests discover and reveal their decision-making process to move from successful business jobs to consulting, entrepreneuring, or taking early retirement. Welcome to the show. My guest and friend Joe Joy got started in business in the technology industry, working in large corporate entities including NCR, AT&T, and Selectron. As an executive, Joe learned he enjoyed a variety of assignments in smaller parts of big enterprises. Yet he also discovered work for work's sake was not enough. Joe wanted to have an impact. Joe now serves as CEO of a mid-sized firm and is able to lead and impact others in ways he previously thought were impossible. Listen as Joe shares his approach to discovering his best. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You bet. So tell me about your background. Uh, What are some of the highlights uh, in your career thus far? What's the kind of long arc of what you've been doing? Well, I got off to a slow start. Um, I lasted six weeks in college, my first try, and wound up in the United States Air Force for four years, which was the best thing that happened to me. After then, Georgetown University, uh, as an older student on the GI Bill, uh, after graduation, a year with the government uh, in contract management, and then started a, uh, a long and um, just a somewat rewarding career at uh, NCR, first in operations, then supply chain, and then general management. Uh, NCR, elements of it, very satisfying. We were in a small kind of niche market business unit. And as long as we made our numbers, the company left us alone. And it was great because it was so small, I got to learn a lot from the executives and see the whole business. The unsatisfying part are those things that are associated with being part of a very large organization beyond our control. In fact, that's how the business unit I was in uh, became uh, was sold, sold off. Uh, it had nothing to do with us or our performance. It was a decision made, you know, six states away for reasons that were really never revealed to us. Yeah, what, was that uh, the ads group, yeah. the old... That was the edge on Long Island, the uh, the terminal uh, video uh, character display terminal business. Um, we call them character terminals because dumb terminals uh, were sold for lower margin. But um, it was it was great learning experience. I worked for an amazing man named David Laws, and uh, but it was small enough to where you would have a relationship with the CEO of your business, right? So. Um, and so I, I stayed with NCR after that and came down to South Carolina, which was the next major shift in my life, uh, having been a lifelong New Yorker. Uh, so this is a, a, a traumatic change for my family. Uh, and I joined the, um, the first the PC business and then the server business and eventually uh, was part of a team that put together the sale of the systems uh, businesses to Selectron in an outsourcing mo- uh, uh, move. And um, and then that's how I got into contract manufacturing and the services business. So I, uh-huh. I went along with the uh, acquisition. Uh, I maintain that just shows that there's no such thing as too much due diligence. 
But uh, the whole EMS <laughs> business had been wrapped up in PCBA manufacturing, and they'd been promising the street to get into system build. And the quickest way to do that was to buy the NCR systems division. NCR was trying to pivot really away, as was IBM at the time, if away from reliance on hardware and more towards software and solutions and services. So getting rid of the manufacturing, if you will, to uh, an outsourced organization like Selectron made a good deal of sense. That sounds like a great start to a career. And you, you, so that uh, lasted through effectively a couple of different companies. And, mm-hmm. and then uh, as that came to a close, that phase came to a close, uh, it was time to consider maybe what's next. So it, reasonable to say it was uh, more than a decade that you were with ads, NCR, Selectron, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, you had to decide, okay, now what am I going to do? Yeah, so I was I was unhappy, if you will, or unfulfilled. And, and I was thinking about the times I was happiest. I always went back to I was happier in smaller organizations. Mm. Even at Selectron, we were the new guys. We were the systems division. And as long as we were operating sort of inside of our own division, we were we were having a good time, if you will, and, and being effective. But again, you know, we joined Selectron. I think there were about 20,000 associates. And by the time I left, we were over 70. And it just, again, got so big, it felt like uh, deja vu again with NCR. And I said, and I, so I made up my mind that it's the big company thing that was making me unhappy. Uh-huh. And, and uh, so I wanted to gravitate towards smaller companies. Uh, so I made up my mind to do that. So I launched a boutique EMS company uh, that was focused on small markets. It eventually failed. And then I went even smaller and founded a consulting firm, which consisted of three people. And um, that also foundered. So I wound up going back to big EMS because I needed to feed the family. <laughs> and... Um, there is that. And, and, <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and, but it, I was attracted to it because they'd had a, they'd had a small um, services group that they acquired when they bought uh, MSL, and it was doing nothing. And they were looking for guys to come help build something there. And I'm very pleased to say we took it from about $240 million to $885 million mm-hmm. in a period of four years. And, uh, and then I got let go because the systems division, I mean, the services division got absorbed into the main part of the company. And, um, uh, and again, I got, uh, I got sucked up into being part of the big company and a staff position uh, that lasted about six months. And, I, uh, um, and so then I wound up in an outplacement firm and uh, with a fellow named Jim Dupree, sponsored by Celestica. And that's really where the pivot came together. Okay. That's really where it happened. And um, uh, Jim was uh, doing an outsourcing uh, practice that eventually evolved into what he operates now. It's called Chapter 2, which actually specializes on helping executives, whether they've been displaced or not yet displaced, develop a concept of what they, how they want to finish well. Okay. and, and and I told Jim, I don't need it. I don't want it. He goes, look, just have dinner with me. We're going to do something different. I did, and uh, I'm glad I signed on with him. And Jim is still a friend to this day. 
uh, Jim's process is says, look, forget about finding a job. You know, we're not going to we're not going to look for a job. What we're going to do is figure out what do you want to do with the rest of your life. And there was a lot of introspection, uh, uh, work with industrial psychologists, batteries of testing, a lot of group work, self-realizations. And I learned a few things. And those things <laughs> were, one, it wasn't just the size that was bothering me. It was two other things. One, my need to have an impact, mm. be visible, which, of course, is a little easier in a smaller company. So they're not completely exclusive. Second, my own attention span. My attention span was about three and a half to four years. And if I were doing the same thing, I got bored and the creative juices stopped flowing. I would say there's really probably a third and a fourth thing. My, my, my need to be who I am. I like mm. to use hammer, uh, humor a lot. Uh, I'm a bit garrulous. I don't want to treat my faith separately from my business life. And in larger companies, uh, I mean, I almost got fired from Celestica the first time because I refused to take John 316 off my signature block. Mm. That's a separate story. And then the nagging realization that I wanted to do something more than just make money. You know, Brian Tracy uh, asked people to have a scenario in their heads. Go to your own wake. What are people saying to your children about you? Mm. And I didn't want people to say, hey, you know, your dad once made his numbers 13 straight quarters. <laughs> I, that's not what I wanted them to say. I wanted them to say, your dad really helped me in my career. Your dad helped me, you know, when I was in trouble. That's what I want them to say. And I well, think that's easier in a smaller comp and a smaller environment. So so take me back on on the this this point of pivot. The uh, It's not just a big company is the problem. But uh, you said your first item was a desire to have impact. Yeah. Do, do you believe having impact is a universal need? It's just sometimes unspoken. People need to see the results of their work to be satisfied. And I think people need to feel that they count for something. And and if you need to get that from work, I mean, if you don't have something so rich outside of work that, that delivers that, you know, that has to be delivered to you somehow, right? That it mattered that you were here. Yeah. And and, and so then go, go to that second, that second piece, which is uh, needing to be who you are. Mm-hmm. Again, it, uh, same same question. Is that uh, do, do you think that's something that everybody eventually gets to, uh, and and maybe decides, well, it's too late in my career to mess with it, or ignores it, or or is that kind of are only certain people to even come to the awareness that, hey, I need to be who I am. That's where part, part of my stress is. I'm hiding who I am. How how do you see that? Is that universally applicable? You know, I think the, uh, you know, of course, you got to remember, we're talking a couple of decades ago, where, you know, at NCR, there was a fairly well-defined corporate environment and expected behavior. Um, you know, in fact, when I was coming up through the ranks, somebody once told me, you'll never get the GM looking like that. There, there are no GMs with beards. Just so think about that that definition, right? Um, You know, in a smaller company where people know you well, it's easier to be who you are. And um, in a larger company, I think sometimes when you come out of a business unit that maybe isn't core to the the mainstream company, you've got to inject yourself into an environment that's sometimes different, you know? And um, 
I didn't realize for the longest time how that was kind of making me crazy. Mm. You know? And, um, you know, it took a long time to realize that. And yes, you mentioned something about when I started to have that realization when I was with Jim Dupree's uh, uh, Chapter 2 organization, I was starting to think they're the ones that opened me up to say it's not too late to change things. You know, because I was starting to think by then that the rest of my career was just going to be a series of, you know, hirings and firings or, you know, three, four, five-year assignments in companies that looked like the last three I worked for. I have met a lot of folks um, through this Chapter 2 organization uh, who said they, who, who their, their impetus to change started with this still small voice or this nagging feeling saying, there's more to a work life than this. Mm. There's more fulfillment available to you. There's more, uh, there's more ability to give back or have an impact on people's lives. And uh, the, now it's, a, it's an organization of executives who wanted to make a change. So maybe there's a selection bias in that group, but I've met plenty of them. In some ways, I guess you could say you got lucky. Uh, how would you suggest uh, that, that perhaps others could find uh, guidance in this regard? Well, there are, there are some um, uh, good books out there. Uh, one's called Finishing Well. Um, and then I, I think the other one's called Second Half. Um, and then there are people like Jim Dupree in Chapter 2. There are resources out there. Um, that's one. The second thing is, you know, most of the people at this stage in their career have a pretty good network of peers, whether inside their current companies or outside, and reach out to them and express this. I think about half the time you're going to find that that person knows exactly what you're talking about because they're feeling the same way. <laughs> you know, and you can, and, and so, and so the first thing to do is start to develop the concept that it is not too late to change. You can, you know, redirect uh, where you're going. Uh, you don't have to start all over. You right. necessarily have to take three steps down the ladder and make less money. I mean, I'm making more money now than I ever did at these larger companies. Um, and, uh, you know, and you can be a whole lot happier. And when you're happier, I think you're more creative, you're more productive. And um, you're, you become more valuable. So, so tell me about uh, since the pivot, uh, ha have you been able to uh, feel valued? Have you been able to achieve the things that you had hoped? And job-wise, uh, have you been able to exercise some of those muscles even more than you thought you would? Absolutely. Um, you know, and look, there were some rough spots, so I'm not going to, you know, there were a couple some periods of uncertainty and some income uncertainty. But since then, there is no boredom in my life anymore. I've worked in a variety of industries in a variety of roles. I've, uh, I've made organic candy, compostable packaging. Uh, I've made, uh, I took a company into the uh, uh, data center uh, custom cable manufacturing business, which turns out to have pretty much saved their company. Uh, I've uh, I'm now I'm doing reverse logistics and repair um, for the for the technology markets. I've um, I've done pick pack and ship for Disney uh, in rush uh, for a Christmas rush. 
where you take a facility from 150 people and you bring it up to 1,200 for eight weeks. Uh, I've gotten to do things I never th- that were all outside of my experience in a variety of roles, sometimes as a consultant, sometimes as a COO, sometimes as a CEO, uh, sometimes just as a trusted advisor to a CEO. Different roles, different industries, but what they all had in common was that they had a problem to solve. I was needed. And I was brought in to say, I need you to fix this. I need that we need to change what we're doing. So being a change agent, learning a new business, working for different people, uh, it, it 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 check, check, check. It addressed the issues that were making me unhappy the first half of my career. So, so uh, kind of in closing, then um, your perspective on, uh, as others are listening to this, who may also be at a point of gotten through the first part of their career, they're at midlife, they're thinking about, okay, I need to find my way forward, reach out to their network, reach out to other resources that they might find. Uh, if and and in the second half. Uh, uh, as Bob Buford put it uh, sec- in his book entitled Second Half, uh, it's possible to find a more satisfying balance in your career post-pivot. Is there any single nugget that you would uh, want to leave uh, us with? One, check in with your significant other. Um, I confessed all of this unhappiness and need to change to my wife, and she said, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, so uh, your 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 inner turmoil or anxiety or longing isn't nearly the secret you think it is. So <laughs> be upfront about it, because the more you talk about it, the more help you're going to come across. That's you know, and just trust. Like you know, a lot of my trust comes from my own faith. Okay, but trust. Okay, you're being given this longing and this and this desire to do something different for a reason. So just trust that it's out there and, you know, step off the curb. Awesome. Great advice. Great advice. Thanks for being with us today. I appreciate it. My genuine pleasure, Dan. Thank you. My thanks to Joe for sharing the importance of having an impact, being yourself and always believing that it's not too late to make a change. Remember, someone in your network knows what you're trying to achieve and is likely to want to help you get there. This brings us to the end of the Relationships Matter podcast. I'm your host, Dan Doster. Thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out via email, dan.relationshipsmatter at gmail.com. And remember, as my dad always said, the fun is in the rust.